Welcome in to Highly Disputed, folks. It is Tuesday, September 29th, and it is raining outside a good bit here in Shepherdstown as we come to you on WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. It's Highly Disputed, once again, back in action. Dylan Bishop with me, as always, Ryan Stickle. Uh, we've got some interesting things going on with the internet connection in the radio station right now. Yes. So it's going to be interesting to know if this is even sh- currently you, streaming. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, live at 8.01 p.m. on t- Tuesday, what Tuesday, September, September 29th, you're listening to it on terrestrial radio. This is not streaming That's what it live. appears to be. We can, we currently, uh, we are recording this currently. I don't know if we'll be up, able to upload as a podcast or not by the we'll end of the show. We'll find out. We will sa- have the file saved, <laughs> so so perhaps we'd have to come into the station later yeah. to actually yeah. save it and upload it to Google. Yes. Yeah. To, to Google Drive. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. maybe by the end of the show it'll all be fine. I'm yeah. sure it'll all be fine. Which I don't know why the internet in here is not the same internet as the Wi-Fi because these, a good these computers are hooked up. They are wired to the internet, but I'm on the Wi-Fi on my phone in this building, and it's working. So I don't know what the issue is with that, but maybe it'll resolve itself. I don't know. I guess I'll refresh the page every now and then, and we'll we'll go back to some, we'll give some updates here and there. We have two computers brought up: one with Google, one with YouTube, and uh, some nice spinning circles of loading. We love it. The little dinosaur that tells you there's no internet. Yeah, love love that on oh, Google yeah, Chrome. The little jumping game has that. Oh, my dinosaur went away. Never mind. But um, <laughs> at least this week, the show sounds good starting out, you know? We're just talking about the def- t- technical difficulties rather than people actually hearing yes. them. You don't hear the def- uh, technical difficulties. You're yes. just hearing about them. Exactly. My mic was on. Improvement? I don't know. If we can eventually get to some music, we will have it played properly. But who knows? We got a long show ahead, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway... <laughs> Tuesday, September 29th, that means yesterday was Monday, September 28th. Yes. And it was week three of the NFL schedule. And it was uh, it was quite a game, in a, uh, you could say. It was supposed to be a game of the year candidate. It didn't really pan out that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, as your... Uh, Number one, Lamar Jackson stand here on uh, WSHC. It was not a fun time, of course. (laughs) Yes, Ryan Stickle. Yes, what did you? No, Uh, it was not a fun time. I wanted to. I uh, I wanted to just uh, find the nearest bridge and just walk off of it. Um, I wanted to just uh, take take a nice long uh, stroll into the ocean and (laughs) never return. Man, never be seen again. But it wasn't all. It wasn't all. Uh, it wasn't all bad. Won the second half, though. Yeah, that's the, that's that's the point. That, that's the part that matters. That's where the seven. fourth quarter is. Exactly. You win the, the fourth, fourth quarter. Yes, is. Exactly. Listen. Who cares? The rest of the game doesn't matter. My takeaways from the game were that the Baltimore Ravens got absolutely, undeniably, out coached more than anything. It took Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator of the Ravens, three quarters to figure out how to beat a blitz. 
Three quarters. It And for an entire quarter of game time, he forgot that he could run the ball. Can you believe that the Baltimore Ravens forgot how to run the ball? <laughs> it kind of was like... Uh... It was it was um like the playoff game last year. I think it was last year. Like where they just gave up on the run. Like basically the first quarter, second quarter, it was just like yes. hey, we're just gonna throw it every single day. And you, Lamar Jackson, even said after the game that the Chiefs had the exact same game plan that the Titans had in that playoff game, and it basically ended up with the same result. So that means that there wasn't an offensive adjustment. Yes. By any of the coaching staff of the Ravens. Interesting. Of all the years, John uh, John Harbaugh. I like John Harbaugh, man. He's a really good motivator, but his whole thing is that he doesn't coach. Like he doesn't call the plays. Yeah. So he's always having to get guys to call the plays on offense and defense. He's been really, uh, let's let's go with crappy picking <laughs> offensive coordinators over the years. There was a year or two where Jim Caldwell. Got Joe Flacco to have a top ten passing offense, man. But forgot, outside of that, there's been there. guys like Cam. I mean, Gary Kubiak also was a good pick, but that's. I mean, that was obvious. He's, you know, he's doing great things with uh, Minnesota, and he was doing good things with the, the Broncos. That's a very obvious pick there, and he was only there for a year, and then he got another job. Yeah. <laughs> you got guys like Cam Cameron, Oof. Uh, Marty Morningwig. And now Greg Roman, who was the offense, who was the uh, quarterbacks coach under Morningwig, who is basically uh, seems to be the guy behind the pistol offense because he was the offensive coordinator for San Francisco when they had Colin Kaepernick, and the offensive coordinator for the Bills when they had Terod Taylor. And even then, knowing some 49ers fans, they are not a fan of Greg Roman, and I can see now. Roman has come up with some great play designs, some good stuff in that pistol. The pistol offense, a lot of motion that really works. That really can get the defense going multiple ways. He kind of knows how to use Lamar when it comes to play design. When it comes to situational play calling, like what do you call? You know, what do you call on first on first down? What do you call on second and short, third and short? What, what's your fourth down plays? Have not been a fan. This was a problem in last year's Chiefs game when they were calling fourth and short and, you know, fourth and goals, going forward on fourth down on their own side of the field, I think they did once against the Chiefs last year. That's what I thought about uh, that first drive of the game where they kicked the field goal. I was like, well, this is Harbaugh. I would have gone for it. This is Harbaugh saying, well, you got mad at, well, you know, not everybody, but a lot of fans last year were mad at them for going for it because they didn't didn't convert as many as they should have. So it's him saying, well, I guess we're not going to go for it in this game. And uh, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made, but, I mean, you know, ch- ch- getting a touchdown there instead of a field goal obviously changes the game. But it really seems like Harbaugh trying to, you know, stick it to some fans or maybe just playing a little scared because of the fans because last year, obviously, the game did not go in their favor. So if you're placing the majority of the blame of this loss on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson, you either didn't watch the game or you're just stupid, probably. Grow up. So... <laughs> um. Lamar didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. He didn't have a bad game either. It was not a bad performance. Like he had his his you know he got strip sacked. That wasn't really his fault. He had a couple fumbles that you couldn't really do anything about. He had a he had two passes that should have been intercepted, but weren't. Those are on his. Those are on those are on him. Uh, the one thing I will say about Lamar Jackson 
that will need to be the next step in his development is his pocket presence, his pocket awareness, and how to evade pressure and still be able to navigate the pocket and navigate down, looking downfield as pressure comes. Because right now, the strategy is to just blitz him and hold that outside contain with the defensive ends, mm-hmm. and it works. And this is, the, this is basically what we have going on right now with the Ravens' offense. They don't have weapons that can get open. Mark Andrews is great. He doesn't. He's not great at getting. He's he's a tight end can only do so much. Hollywood Brown, great, great speed. He can get. He can do go over the top of the defense. He's still in his second year. He still weighs like a hundred and two pounds, up from weighing eighty seven pounds last year. <laughs> he can only do so much. He's not a great route runner. He doesn't really get. He's not really good at just like getting open against man coverage, other yeah. than burning guys down the field. So you have weapons that can't get open. Marshall Yonda retired last last season after last season, and he was replaced with a third round rookie who's been a great pass uh, run defender, but not pass blocking. Mm. And they also have Bradley Bozeman and Matt Skura, who have also not been great in pass protection. <laughs> so you have an interior offensive line that can't hold up in the pass protection. You have a quarterback who doesn't do a great job of maneuvering the pocket and against pressure. He just, you know, darts uh, darts out. He's been pretty good at keeping his eyes downfield once he gets out of the pocket. Once he gets out of the pocket yeah. and he's running to his right or his uh, mostly his right, doesn't do too much to the left, mostly keeping his eyes downfield and he can throw the ball on the run. But there's usually a gap in between when he's looking down the field. He'll drop his eyes and then mm-hmm. run out of the pocket and then look downfield. And the contain thing is huge because whenever he gets pressure from just one side, he seems to do pretty good. Uh, not so much keeping his eyes down the field, but escaping. And obviously he's fast, yes. so he turns the corner and gets upfield. But, yes. yeah, I noticed last night when you can you contain him. Um, th- well, last night there wasn't much room to step up either because it was, obvi- it was mm-hmm. the, the blitz was coming from everywhere. Yeah. But, um, yes, and sometimes he has a tendency to do too much. He runs backwards a little too much, and uh, he can get away with it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But other times you're running backwards, and then it's either a sack or it's like a throwaway, which ends up as grounding. Yes. So right now you have a combination of an all- on offense, a quarterback that doesn't maneuver, that doesn't handle pressure all that well, despite his athleticism. Uh, interior offensive line can't really hold up in pass protection. They don't have the weapons that can get open against man to man. So what do you do? That is the perfect formula for just run zero man zero coverage. All-out blitz, man-to-man coverage. And the Chiefs, even well into the fourth quarter, were doing that. Every other snap was a blitz. 50% of the snaps, uh, 50% of his dropbacks mm-hmm. were, were blitzes. And you can do this, and it really, it mostly works when they're in, the pe- when they're in shotgun. When they take the fullbacks and the tight ends out of the game and they replace, they replace Nick Boyle with Willie Sneed and they replace Patrick Ricard with uh, Devin Duvernay, and they line up three, four wide receivers. You barely got any extra blockers back there, so you just bring the blitz, and it's pretty much going to work. And it great. It took. I will. There was one drive towards the end, in the fourth quarter where they were running these quick, you know, slants uh, in routes to like J.K. Dobbins and Andrews. Where there's like, all right, they're blitz. They blitzed three plays in a row, and they got three completions out of it. it. Took them three quarters to figure that out. 
And the, the way this offense is going to work is if you have a balanced attack where you run the ball to set up the pass so that you don't know which one is coming. And that's part of the problem. People are talking about the Ravens can't play from behind. When the Ravens get behind, you got to pass the ball more. Mm-hmm. At least that's the thinking. Although, Greg Roman seems to think that the set, when you're down in the second quarter by a <laughs> touchdown or two, yeah. you got to abandon the run. Yeah, playing behind for him is, you know, 7 nothing or 7-3. It's like, all right, well, yeah. I guess we have to score instantly. First play, let's just, you know, go crazy, chuck it down the field. Which really, what's interesting about that is the Ravens offense – like if the, if you can have a quick strike running offense, like that's it's them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why he thinks these these uh, throwing plays are gonna get them down the field any faster. When if they run and do some tempo, like they're getting down the field just as fast as the Chiefs would throwing a few like twenty yard you know crosses. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing about the passing the passing concepts when they do throw the ball. It's all these like three yard. It's all these three and four yard like stick stick plays and like little crossers it's like there's or little drag routes it's not really it doesn't really get you any yardage they're like trying to go three yards a pop at a time passing the ball like there was that one deep shot down the field in the middle of the field great throw by Lamar Mark Andrews should have caught it by the way there was like five drops yesterday I think uh Hollywood had two and Mark mm-hmm. Mark Andrews had three Mark Andrews he gotta, dropped he's got step up man he dropped both of Lamar's two best passes of the night. One should have been a touchdown, and they ended up getting a field goal out on that draw on that possession. And the other was that throw I was just talking about down yeah. the middle of the field. Yeah. And and I said after the Titans game, they had to they had to get some more like actual NFL passing concepts in, and the, it wasn't this wasn't going to work with just this pistol running the ball. Thing they gotta they gotta find some sort of balance. Yeah, man, Mark Andrews he's got to step up in these big games. Getting outshined by Nick Boyle last night. Really? I mean, it's the every man, it seems like it was every quite play. a fantasy game for you had touchdowns from Devin Duvernay, Nick Boyle, and the left tackle Eric Fisher for the Chiefs. Oh my, yeah. And we can talk. That was just one side of the ball, folks. <laughs> On the other side of the ball, Andy Reid. Was being he was being very he was being really mean okay <laughs> he was just being really mean. Here's the thing with the Ravens defense: there's no real pass rush. Matt Judon uh, famously lost his last <laughs> <laughs> famously lost his last col- uh, college game at Shepherd University. You know it. He didn't uh, play for Shepherd University. He no. was an opponent of Shepherd University. He lost to lost. Shepherd University yes. in Shepherdstown. Last play of his career. Uh, last game of his career. He is the only real pass rush threat on the Ravens, and even then, he's not—he's not this elite guy pa- rushing the passer. Th- the team has no real pass rushing threats, like Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell. Those are run stuffers mainly. Like the run defense has been really good this season so far, especially yeah. last night. They were really—they were stopping the Chiefs running the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah, the Chiefs last night—it was like. I feel like half of their uh, um, possessions, or you know, um, what's the word? I don't, series, I guess, series of downs. It would be like a run up the middle for a yard or two, and then the next play, some Andy Reid has like eleven people going in twenty five directions. Like the yeah. play designs in the first half, because the Chiefs obviously like they ran through that playbook 
like crazy the first half because the second half it was a lot less creative. The first half, everyone on Twitter is just marveling at like how unreal this offense is because a lot of times that stuff goes unnoticed. It'll just all of a sudden they're like, you know, Kelsey's wide open. You don't see a lot of the play design. The play design was so obviously like one of the most creative things consistently throughout every drive. It wasn't like some trick plays here or there. Like the Chiefs, they unloaded last night. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so that's the thing. When you don't have a pass rush, what Wink Martindale has decided to do, more than anyone else in the NFL, and just he just sp- like basically how I play uh, how I play Madden and kind of <laughs> how Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, was doing against Lamar, spams the blitz button, spams it, yeah. does it over and over and over. Here's the thing, folks. <laughs> oh, oh my! Andy Reid knows how to beat a blitz. <laughs> And Patrick Mahomes can run. Some, some furniture's about to start moving in here. Oh my! You should be able to figure that out. You should know. You should know that. I know. I know you don't want to give Mahomes a lot of time back there to just run around. You know, run around. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill can. You know. Break away, lose. You can your defensive backs can lose them. Marcus Peters loses guys half the time anyway. You just run a double. You just run a double move on Marcus Peters, and he's lost in the space. Yes, Andy Reid knew that because Andy Reid coached Marcus Peters. <laughs> Man, so he kind of knew how to how to how to catch him off guard. Mahomes is like he's really climbing the charts here. Like I, I feel like a lot of fans now would already say he's probably the best quarterback they've ever seen. I mean, he just makes throws that I just can't. I don't think I've ever seen in my life from anybody. That's the other. Yeah, that's the. So there's the Ravens don't have a pass rush, and Wink Martindale, uh, you know, didn't really figure out that Andy Reid and Mahomes could beat it. The second part of that is Patrick Mahomes is just not of this world. I mean, he made that he's throw. Not of this world made that throw to Hardman last night, and I like. I, I said Jesus out loud when I he threw it because I was like I was like how in the world it's does just, he hit that pass like he's he's like running almost to his left uh he's getting chased down there was one play he had like a twelve yard drop back because he's like well this guy I gotta wait for him to get down there and so a throw most quarterbacks would throw it'd be like you know a forty yard pass he's throwing it from like fifty fifty five yards down the field almost sixty in some cases because he's just he knows he can get it there. And he knows that uh, he can elude the pressure um, as well as anybody, honestly. Because um, I've always been in, in the party of Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever, you know. And people who, who are casuals will say, you know, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. But, I mean, if you really watch Aaron Rodgers, his mobility, athleticism, his arm strength, his accuracy down the field, he just makes throws and plays you've never seen before. And Patrick Mahomes is doing that and more. He's more athletic. He obviously has a stronger arm. I don't know if anyone has had that strong of an arm with that accuracy ever. No. Like, he, he has the the thing, like, when Josh Allen was coming in, and, like, his arm's crazy strong. I'm like, Mahomes has, he has pretty, that mu- arm, pretty much all of that. More. If not more, but, you know, it, he doesn't need more because he has it on the money. He's not throwing it 20 yards over their head. That's where that's where that's where Josh Allen shows off a lot of times is he overthrows it so much it's like this is a great arm on this kid. Mahomes just it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I can't even imagine if this isn't in his prime, I don't know what his prime was going to look like cuz he's only 
he's still a young guy. Like he's he has room to get better, right? Like there's no way he doesn't get better. Uh, frankly, I think that last night's game should be stricken from the record, as should every <laughs> game that the Chiefs ever play. All of their rings, championships should be vacated because I think that having Patrick Mahomes uh, as your quarterback should be classified as a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah. Tyree, and, and then he has Andy Reid as his coach. Tyreek Hill is his number one receiver. Travis Kelsey is his number one tight end. What I don't do like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I hate it here. But, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes... You know, what's it going to be like? Because I, I, I imagine Mahomes will outlast Andy Reid in the NFL. Is that reasonable? Andy Reid, he's, yeah. he's not an old guy, but he's getting up there. I imagine He won't be around too much longer, especially he'll, since he won a ring. He'll win. He'll win. He probably will win a Super Bowl, maybe two more. Um, it's hard to win that many these days in the NFL. But I just wonder what that's going to look like without that coaching and maybe without that speed around him. Because the, the talent-wise... Kelsey's great. Um, Clyde edwards helaire is really good. But other than that, it's like Tyreek Hill has great speed. And other than that, I mean, these are receivers who aren't jumping out at you. I mean, they, they're solid they're guys. They're incredibly fast. They're, they have so much speed. But it's like, can you imagine if Mahomes got like, uh, I don't even, what's, I'm not even going all the way to Hopkins. I mean, what's. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, if he got like a. Like a Smith Schuster, you know? Yeah. Like, what would that look like? Because right now it's just... Like a route specialist, like a Keenan Allen. Yes. Yeah, yeah something like that, because it's just... I, I just don't know... I don't know how this gets any better, because it's just shockingly effective. They <laughs> added a first-round running back to the mix. They which did. Which has been... I mean, it wasn't very effective last night due to the Ravens' front uh, defensive line, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Clyde Edwards E Lair. E Lair. Man, Steve Levy was man. He was not gonna fall for that H. The the uh the broadcast was really having a, having themselves a time with pronunciations and uh, names in general. Yeah. Uh they had Mahomes' mom tweeting, please stop calling my son Pat. <laughs> Which I didn't know that was a thing. I I used to refer to him as, as Pat Mahomes. Pat a Mahomes. Bit, every once, maybe not all the time, but it's more more so at Texas Tech. It was like, yeah, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. I feel like he was more of a Pat Mahomes down there. Yeah. And Interesting. Then, yeah. But, but, I guess, but, you know, Trubisky was also Mitch Trubisky. At, and then uh, he Mitchell, which I, man, yeah. Speaking of Mitch Trubisky. Oh. That, he's finally, he's finally hit the bricks, folks. Yeah, man, undefeated as a starter this year. <laughs> and he will remain nice. undefeated as a starter yeah, this year. Yeah, he's about done. He's, can you, that is in, that is really some, just absurd to think about, that the Bears are 3-0 and and have benched their quarterback. Oh my gosh. I mean, that shows you how just horribly fraudulent they are. Yes, I love the meme that you sent to me uh, in our group <laughs> earlier of the Among Us, the Among Us <laughs> meme of three and O, and it says there is one apo- one imposter among us, and it's got all the teams that are three and O, and the it's Bears at the, the front. Bears. It's all these. It's all the teams you expect to be three and O. Usually, pack yeah. the, the Packers, yeah. Seahawks, Chiefs, Packers, Steelers, Seahawks, Bills, Titans are a little bit in there, but then <laughs> the Bears. Yeah, I mean that's even the Titans. You know, last year obviously made that run, so you expect something out of the Titans, right? But the the, the Bears get out of here, Bears. See, that's going to be the team where. People on TV will just look at records. People like uh, people like Phil Sims. He seems mm. like someone who's just looking at a record. 
He's like, that's a good team. Good good ball club out there. And then whenever they start losing games and everyone's like, yeah, that's that's about right, then people like Phil Simms will say, well, this is a massive collapse because they were 3-0 and and you, you start losing. How do you go 3-0 and and start losing? But they just, they're just they frauds. That's all, that's all there is they to are. it. The Bills, uh, since we're talking about 3-0 and teams, the Bills are 3-0. and And they're for real. They're for real 3-0. and we, talk, we, we talked about last year the Bills', the Bills uh, schedule. And how it was kind of easy. They in the AFC East, and they were yeah. going through like, man, this team's going to win ten games. Yeah, and I think they ended up winning nine. Yeah, good defense, but it's like, yeah, not yeah. Really, don't have good much of a quarterback. He can run a little bit. That's about it. They added Stephon Diggs. That's been big. Yeah. See, a lot of people saw that, and I th- I think, and we're like, oh, he's just getting you know, they're just dumping him in Buffalo. Josh Allen can't do anything, but Josh Allen, he has a real receiver now who can get under his overthrown. <laughs> Footballs. <laughs> Josh Allen is—he's made a leap, honestly. Yes, he, I mean he's—he has his moments, you know. Yeah, he He'll still does—he still does just Josh the Josh Allen thing. Every Ten once rows in a while. deep in the stands, but hey, listen, now and then he'll give you a beautiful dime about forty yards down the field to Diggs, and that those are the moments you got to cherish. They had that—they really went out in front of the—they uh, got a twenty-eight-three lead against the Rams, which is. A death sentence. It almost was a death sentence. The the old twenty eight three lead. Yes, and it, for the wasn't, Rams came all the way back. If it wasn't for some questionable officiating, cool, they, very they questionable fourth down uh, pass interference call that lost yeah. me money. I think those refs owe me money. Yeah, helped um, my picks though. Ten and six. We we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, sticks picks. We'll, we'll get we'll get into that sometime soon. <laughs> Probably maybe without music this week. Maybe or you played it, played it in the mic. Played it. Oh man, we, that might as well. Hey, the boys, the the uh, the old boys in back are back in town. Song it didn't sound very didn't sound too bad. It didn't sound too bad. It's just you could tell. You it's could tell. Li- it's got a little echo to it. A little bit. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We didn't talk about. We talked about the fact that uh, Terod Taylor missed. The uh, week two game, but it came out later after our show later yeah. in the week that um, I think the Chargers doctor tried to kill him. I don't know what that was. Punctured his lung while See, figured, giving him I a just, shot. A, I figured the Chargers doctor was Justin Hanker? Herbert's dad, just trying to been. do something. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was shocking. And notoriously, the Chargers doctors are not uh, very good. They had a, you, have, yeah, they, uh, you think after like a few years ago, they had all that stuff with that other doctor. They they'd find someone who's just pro football doc on Twitter. Right? Over like yes, a, overqualified. Someone who will completely change their medical culture in San Diego, Los Angeles. I don't know, wherever they are. But I think one of my favorites, this, this new guy, just is out here stabbing people. <laughs> one of one of the one of the most absurd pictures I've ever seen on Twitter is uh, that guy. I think his name's David Chow or something like that. Yeah. Um, Posted a picture of from, I be, I want to say he just straight up posted a picture of the signed Junior Seau uh, picture he had <laughs> oh, in his no. office. Now, if there's anything that I, if there's <laughs> the list of players That's that terrible. I, I shouldn't laugh I shouldn't laugh the list of players that I would not want to uh, admit that I had a hand in their medical history. Yes. Very close to the top of the list is Junior Seau. It's one thing to be a linebacker, or, or, or not a linebacker, a running back who played against him regularly and may have delivered some some hits. You know, that's that's it's part of the game. It's not great, but it's part of the game. But uh, the person who is responsible for taking care of those uh, 
those injuries and those. I guess you know the 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 medicine has changed. He probably feels no, uh, no no trouble over that. No responsibility, I'm sure, because he's like ah concussions. They didn't really exist back then, I guess. The CTE's fake, really. Yeah, honestly. Speaking of Josh Allen, I think I know what happened here. He switched brains with Carson Wentz. Wow. Carson Wentz sense. is bad now. He's horrible. I don't know. I don't, like I've always been kind of a Carson Wentz hater. If you couldn't tell from last week's episode, when <laughs> I kind of went off about. Uh, but yeah, he's just bad. And the Eagles are ba- the Eagles tied the Bengals. Man, that was the most pathetic Joe Burrow, ending. Joe Burrow had some had some moments in that game. I tell you, I'll say whatever. I don't know what the numbers say or any analytics say on Joe Burrow, but I'm looking at the eye test. All right, just wa- just watching him play. He never really seems rattled. He kind of gets through his progression. I mean, his line's not great. Obviously. He should feel. He should be rattled. He should be rattled. He should be scared that for his life. That offensive line is terrible. Yeah, he should be requesting to be benched or traded or something to protect his health. But he's out here. He every now and then, um, at least once a quarter, he makes a play where I'm like, man, like how is he a rookie? Especially coming from LSU, where everyone's like, yeah, he might be like a system guy because yeah. he was just good all of a sudden because these these coaches. But uh, Burrow has been. I've been really impressed by him. And I'm kind of scared to see what happens if he gets a team. Because right now it's just kind of like A.J. Green, who's got to be past his prime. I mean, A.J. Green's been around for a minute now. I watched a lot. I watched the highlights of that game, and I barely saw anything from A.J. Green until the fourth quarter or overtime. It was a lot of uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Man. And, G- <laughs> and Giovanni Bernard also. <laughs> what? Giovanni Bernard's been. He's in the league? Still. I thought he retired like five years He's ago. only like 30. Oh my gosh! Giovanni Bernard was drafted. He must have in made a 20- statement. <laughs> Giovanni <laughs> Bernard was drafted in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I knew he was, you know, not it feels super like old, it, but yeah, it feels like he's been on the Bengals for like 15 years. But yeah, but uh, the ending of that game was just the, so pathetic. Like, oh my god, it, the punt! I mean, I wonder what it would have been like if some fans were there, because I don't know if they punted. Philly fans, nonetheless. I mean, they would have booed that. Obviously, but I don't know if they punted if the fans are there. I think the fans maybe influence what those coaches the think. Punt, the punt team walks out there, and the 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 stadium just erupts in booze. Erupts. You call timeout, and you send you send Carson Wentz back out there, or just like kick you know a million yard field goal. It would I think it would have been sixty four yards. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's what's the chances not. of a kick six? Come on. What's the ch- and you know what's the chances they get the ball with what it was like nineteen thirteen seconds? I mean the Bengals got the ball back anyway and they just ran it up the middle like they just forfeited base. They didn't even try anything creative. It's just it was so just like yeah we'll take the we'll take this is like half this is half a win we'll take so it so pathetic. But uh, also wonder what would happen to Wentz because I mean those fans would have been booing him so hard. I mean who knows if he would have gotten benched? Who's Carson their- Wentz should be very glad that there's no Eagles fans in the stands right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they got some booze anyway from the fake crowd sometime in these past couple weeks, which makes <laughs> really funny. Whoever's on that, whoever's on the crowd, there. that is really great. But who's yeah. the Eagle, who's their backup now? I have no clue. Uh, it was Josh McCown at oh, some man. point, like a year or two ago. Oh, That's no. a oh, it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Hey, listen, just go crazy. Put him in there. He can run, he Second can run. round pick, Jalen Hurts. He can run around and do something. Hey, we all thought that they were thinking ahead that, like, oh, yeah, just in case Carson Wentz gets coronavirus or gets hurt again. No, actually, they drafted Jalen Hurts because Carson, they knew Carson Wentz was bad and they would need to bench him. Jalen Hurts can't be that much worse, right? Like, Hey, I mean, he can run faster than, than I mean, Wentz. He can Car- run some, like, yes. Lamar Jackson stuff. Like and the pa- I'm telling you, the passing, read option? the passing can't be much worse. Wentz, is, Wentz has thrown some 
bad pass. He's like the Josh Allen thing you said. Like he, I don't know what he's doing out there. He's seeing ghosts. Uh, he's yeah, he's falling off. I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe he's just been a fraud the whole time. I don't know, but uh, maybe he's lost God. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he's gotten too close to God. Oh no, no. wow! You got to. It could be either one. You can't. You, rule, hear, you can't rule out either. You got to hear both sides. Exactly. There's two sides to the story at all. Exactly. Times. So yeah, the Eagles stink. Uh, you know who stinks even worse? The Jets. They might be the worst team I've ever seen. Dan Orlovsky said his 0 and 16 Lions would go 16 and 0 against these Jets, which <laughs> I have trouble believing. <laughs> I have trouble believing that. I'll give him. I'll give him five wins. But uh, all right, I, he might not even believe that. I that, that's, that's, just, still, that's just something really funny. To still say, funny, though. you know. <laughs> um, but man, they are. It's a great line. Yes, I'm interested to see what they look like if Gase got fired. Because part of me thinks they're I've, playing. I just saw a tweet on Twitter that said if they lose to the Broncos on Thursday, uh, that see, he might get fired. I don't get that either. Why is that the final straw? Is it not I don't bad know. enough? <laughs> How, is it? It's like losing to the Broncos. Listen, listen. Things are bad, guys. All I've right? always wondered that. Like, there's some coaching decisions where it's like, why is this the last straw? It's like, guys, listen. It's, why? it's rough. Why? Did, why now? Yeah. Dan Quinn. Why is he still around? Oh my. He Adam sh- Gase. Dan Quinn should have been fired Sunday evening. Yeah, but, for, honestly, but you, the, you blow a lead to the Bears. Yeah, but the, the, Trubisky, the Jets, Nick man. Foles, I mean, again, Nick Foles, I guess, is oh. excusable. But the Bears. <laughs> but, man, I just, oh, my gosh, the Jets. I mm, I have no words because it's just it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. They come out every week. You really? know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to lose by 30 points, and it's gonna that's going to be that. It's just, They're just stat padding each, whoever, whoever they play. It's sad. Yeah. Darnold, from, Darnold's bro, Darnold needs a new team. He needs to go back up somebody good. Like he needs to get out of there, or else his career will be over. Because it's man, he's part of the problem. He's part of the problem. But but man, there's there's got to be something there with him. There has to be something because it's it's pathetic to watch. I'm just depressed for yeah. the Jets. I have a I have a friend who uh, is Jets and Giants writer, NFL writer for the New York Daily News, Charles McDonald, who uh, it's been has. It's been very fascinating to watch his mental state uh, just be go down the toilet by having to watch Jets football and their practices and their games. Oh my gosh! He has to sit there and just watch it all the time. Every every New York football writer, it's all it's really? horrible up there. They get to cover two just awful teams. The Giants faced a team missing maybe ten players to injury, may, probably five or six of those legitimate their best player. In, yes, their best five. Five of their ten best players were probably out, honestly. Um, and, and they the, got destroyed, demolished. By a backup quarterback, nonetheless. Backup I guess Nick Mullins is the real deal. Hey, he might he's, hey, he might be better than Sam Darnold. Uh, hey, making some moves out there, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. So, yeah, that was, the, that was week three of the NFL season. We also had, yeah, the Titans beating the Vikings, the Browns beating Washington. Uh... Steelers won against the Texans. Panthers beat the Chargers. Buccaneers beat the Broncos. Lions beat the Cardinals at the last second. Cowboys lost to the Seahawks 38-31. Packers beat the Saints 37-30. That was a good game. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was fun. And, uh, yeah, Monday night. Let's, uh, we talked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, we, more I, than we spent a few minutes on that. More than enough. All, All right, right, man. I guess that, we can get into uh, week four. And week four. Six picks. Six picks. Now, I don't know if we're going to have music. Let's, uh, let's, let me give one more little update here to our internet because it's really sad to look at. Uh, not looking good. So maybe, I don't know if we want to go on the music on the phone or just go without it. 
I can go either way, whatever you want to do. I mean, the stream is down, uh, according to uh, one of our usual listeners. I also, yeah, I checked on my phone when the, the show started. The stream is not working. Yeah, so, I don't know, maybe we'll put it in post, maybe we won't. Yeah, we may, I just, I will go ahead with it. So pretend there's some music playing right now. Maybe you're on the uh, podcast and it's actually playing. I don't know. We'll see what I feel like editing. But we're changing <laughs> we're changing up the format a little this week. So I've, I was picking against the spread last week, all right? And I did. I went 10-6, and six, which is pretty good against the spread, picking every single Quite game. Good. But uh, the thing is, the segment was long because I got to, you know, go through each, you know, spread. I got to go through all that. Plus, you know, I, it takes a lot, lot of time to think about what I'm picking for each game. A lot of these picks will be easy this week because I'm picking straight up this week. And uh, against the spread is hard, folks. Against the spread is hard. Picking straight up much easier. So uh, ten and six last week. If I could do any worse, picking straight up this week, I'll be very sad. But let's get right into it. Thursday night football: Broncos at Jets. That is disgusting. I'm going to go with Denver in that game. Please don't watch. Please don't watch it. Sunday, one o'clock: Steelers at Titans. I'm going to go with the team that does not have COVID yet. Steelers probably win this game in a close one. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. We did not get to that. Colts at Bears. Bears are a fake 3-0. Colts defense looks pretty solid. So Colts win on the road. Jags at Bengals. Jags really let me down last week. I mean, that was just sad to watch. Minshew and company just crap in the bed. Almost didn't say crap and got to watch myself on radio. Burrow (laughs) going to outdo Minshew for his first pro win this week. How about that? Browns at Cowboys. The disappointment bowl. All right? Listen, two of the more intriguing rosters in the league. And uh, they're just, they're, they suck. Cowboys by 10. Saints at Lions. Breeze noodle alarms and screens the Lions to death. Saints win big this week. Look out for the Saints. Seahawks at Dolphins. Fins don't stand a chance. Seahawks by triple figures. That's right. Seahawks <laughs> are going to win this game by 100 points. Chargers at Bucks. Bucks going to keep it rolling at home. Chargers are just, yeah. Ravens at Washington. <laughs> Woo! Get right game. <laughs> that angry Ravens team pulling up on Dwayne Haskins. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? <laughs> that's funny. Cards at Panthers, all right? Murray, rough on Sunday. Threw like two or three picks. It was really bad. Lost to the Lions. But he's going to bounce back. Cards win this game by eight. Vikings at Texans. These teams have not won a game combined, which is very so the surprise of the year, really. It's probably looked like a good matchup. Texans are finally going to get a win this week. Vikings are 0-4. Not looking good for Kirk and the boys. Sunday, 4 o'clock, Giants at Rams. Rams won't lose to this New York team. They win handily. Pats at Chiefs. Bill and Cam keep it close early, but an ugly second half for the Pats. Chiefs win another impressive game. Bills at Raiders. How about this game? These are a couple surprise teams here. The 4-0 Bills would be hilarious, which is why I'm picking them. On to Sunday Night Football. Eagles at Niners. Who let this game on Sunday night? Ugh. 49ers win. The viewing audience loses this game. Monday Night Football. Falcons at Packers. That should be a fun game to watch. I mean... There's going to be points scored. I don't know who who all by who, but... How many points will the Falcons get up by, and then how much will they lose by? Exactly, but the Packers are going to win a high-scoring game, which brings this week's six picks. It is the Broncos, Steelers, Colts, Bengals, Cowboys, Saints, Seahawks, Bucks, Ravens, Cards, Texans, Rams, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, and Packers. You can take that to the bank! It's six picks. Yes, sir. Without music. Maybe it has for music. Now. I don't know. If you're listening live without music, thank you for listening on the yeah. radio. I'm surprised you own a radio in your house, unless you're... Yeah, sitting he was in your, driving in he your was car. driving through the Martinsburg, Shepherdstown, Sharpsburg area. And probably just who knows how far it gets. Shepherd, I've, I think I can get this uh, station at B Dubs in Martinsburg. Barely. I've gotten it at uh, around Hosses. Oh, Hosses! Yeah, man, no free ads, but no free ads. Shout out to Hosses. Fun fact: the Hosses in Martinsburg is the only Hosses not located in Pennsylvania. It's your fun fact for the night. 
Martinsburg. Uh, the Martinsburg horses is the uh, shepherd. Is the is, horses is the peace act? The Martinsburg location is Shepherd. Yes, <laughs> Shepherd Shepherd connection. There's no sports. We gotta yeah Shepherd. We, 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 we gotta fit Shepherd. We're Shepherd, Shepherd University. Yeah yeah Shep yeah yeah. NBA finals are coming up. Should we mention that? Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the horses fun facts before we got to the NBA finals. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, staying on football, college oh, and man. football. At Whoa. the same time, <laughs> I do have some picks for this week. Usually, I said, you know, look out on Twitter for that, but because normally don't make my picks until at least Wednesday, yes. maybe maybe uh, closer to and game time than that. Th- that was part of my reason I didn't pick against the spread this week. It's because last week I was like, well, these these lines are moving. There's players being announced out. If I pick straight up, that's generally going to stay yes. my decision for the week. So that makes sense. So last week we went 3-3 three and three against the spread. That's, you know... Even day at the office. Yeah. Overall for the year, we are looking at thirteen and eight. All right. My, the short list that I make, where I can you know, kind of narrow down my picks from there. That list I should listen to more often because it is twenty-two and thirteen. Wow. This week we've got three picks right now. Baylor minus three at WVU. I'm picking against <laughs> our Mountaineers. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully, I have no idea why Baylor is only a three-point Some favorite. Wild inside info on there. Baylor, Baylor is definitely a better team than Oklahoma State, who just beat West Virginia Absolutely. by two touchdowns. Yeah. So I really don't know what that's about. Uh, you know, this uh, uh, Vegas really undervalues Baylor for whatever reason. They were only a seventeen-point favorite against Kansas last week. And SP Plus from Bill Connolly of ESPN said that they should win the game by 30. And lo and behold, they won the game by about 30. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. So, Lost their coach, not their whole roster. <laughs> it's, right. They're still a good team. They were good last year. Yeah, so Baylor's definitely going to beat West Virginia by at least three points. <laughs> they should. You would, man. I don't know what's. I don't know what goes wrong. Yeah, something might go wrong, but some man. Somebody in Vegas has got something going on. I don't know what that is. They got a grudge against Baylor so, for some. Maybe reason. Neil Brown maybe made a promise to somebody. He said, "Listen, those mistakes we made last week not happening." Yeah, they can run the ball. They're not. You know, offenses. They're looking. But listen, trust the climb. Trust the climb. Yes. Second pick, we've got Virginia Tech minus ten and a half at Duke. Uh, Duke was just projected. Duke was only a five-point underdog to UVA going into this game, uh, going into their game last week. SP Plus said that they would lose by 13, and they lost the game by 18, I believe, 38-20, to 20, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. And Virginia Tech is a lot better than Virginia, and the team that Virginia Tech just walloped, NC State, is better than Duke. Yeah. Virginia Tech put a beating on NC State while missing 20-plus players to <laughs> reasons. Yeah, hey, listen. <laughs> Whatever. Got, and, got, and multiple coaches. Players are out weird sometimes. In, weird injury bug going around Virginia Tech right now. Yeah. But, yeah, they should definitely win this game by uh, double digits handily. Not just by 10 or 11, but by a good bit. Triple digits, maybe? Hey, that's reserved for the Seahawks and Dolphins. <laughs> Seahawks and Dolphins. It's gonna and happen. then our third pick, we've got Auburn plus seven at Georgia. Georgia is getting back JT Daniels, the USC transfer, at quarterback this week after you know not not really knowing how to score against Arkansas last week. I'm not. Sh- that seems like a problem. And for some reason, 
it's leading to them being a whole touchdown uh, favorite against Auburn. Hmm. Uh, if you look at SP+, Plus, these teams are basically the same. Like, this should be like a toss-up. And yet, Georgia's getting an entire touchdown against the spread. Mm. Is that so the CBS going, game this week? Do you know? I would have to think I hope that so. it is. I think that's a top-ten matchup. Please don't bury it on, like, SEC Network or something. For good Lord, yeah. <laughs> another game, another two games that I'm watching. You know, I haven't put, the mo- haven't put anything, haven't wagered yet, haven't uh, put a vested interest into it yet. Ole Miss plus six and a half at Kentucky. That's another one where it's, teams are a lot closer than a whole touchdown, I would think. Yeah. And then US, UNC, North Carolina, this was originally minus ten and a half at Boston College. Should have done something there with it then because it's now at 13 and a half. Oh, yeah. Uh, UNC, a lot better according to the numbers than you would think. They're ranked 12th in the country, which is very weird. I'm very weary of the, the rankings numbers, right now. Ba- the numbers back it up. I don't know why. What? It's very I, – I was surprised, too. Who they play. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. But they're, like, yeah, top 15. I think they're 17th or 12th. They're top, tw- they're top 20 in SP+. Wow. And Boston College is, like, in the in the 50s at best. Shocking. So, uh, double-digit double win, maybe, maybe two touchdowns or more there for UNC. But now, yeah, in the last quarter of the show, maybe we can talk about the NBA Finals. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, uh, the WNBA Finals are tonight. Game five, I believe, the the deciding game. I think it's the semifinals, right? Is it the semifinals? I think, the, uh, I think tonight's the uh, it's Connecticut versus Las Vegas, game five. I think the winner that of that. That sounds like East versus West. That is, uh, yes, this is the, the semifinals. This is game five. It's currently on right now. Close game in the that's third quarter. That's what got me confused. It's Las yes, Vegas yes, and Connecticut. Yes. It's like, well, that's the finals. Yes, I believe, uh, I believe Seattle made it in yeah you're right seattle did make it in yes my seattle storm who i've i've lost track of because there's yes, 800 a fraud sports. i wore a wmba sweatshirt into the into the uh studio here i was really I didn't know what round we were in i was really gonna follow the wnba this year but then the nba happened but then every yeah, other right. sport started playing at the same time right because normally the WNBA, when the wnba was the only thing on they get like, that cool, yeah. they get that nice dead zone in the summertime where it's like just baseball and it's there's yep. plenty of wnba to watch and um so I, I was going to get into it, but I just I didn't as much as I wanted to. I was watching it pretty heavily because they started about a week before the NBA did. I was into it pretty heavily that that time, but um, I'll try to catch the finals, I guess, because you know it's good basketball, right? Yeah. The bubble, bubble, yeah. So since last time we were here, both the Lakers and the Heat clinched. You know they finished the deal. And they made it to the NBA Finals as we thought they would. I mean, when when we were in here, it was the, uh, I think it was two to one or three to one Lakers. Yeah, it was. And we were calling the Heat in March, so. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we really were. That's not a joke either. No, it's not. You can you can go back and listen. Yes, we record the shows. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, you probably have the catalog right there in front of you. You can go back and... <laughs> Hold me accountable for that take only. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please don't listen to any of the other takes that we've no. had. Though we are we are pretty correct a lot of times. I feel we, like we are. And, you know, so the heat thing was a little outlandish, but a, a lot of stuff... We, yeah, who know, how serious were we? 100%. We can say it now. In hindsight, 100% serious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, heat... Not in, lying. It's going to be heat in... Four. No, I'm just kidding. It's gonna be uh, probably. I'm gonna say Lakers in six. I was saying a lot of people were saying five. I was. Th- I'm thinking six. So I think the bubble. I give them six. The bubble I think just kind of gives gives another game. You know. Yes. Yes. There's gonna be that one game 
where we're going to... Tyler Hero just won't miss. Yes, it's going to be one of those games where we sit back and think, man, like this is the bubble. You know, this is a bubble game. Uh, Outside the bubble, it's it's Lakers in five all the way, I think. But uh, listen, Tyler Hero... You know who the dunk? Maybe be like get a Duncan Robinson game. I have no clue what's going to yeah. happen. This isn't what we're saying like Lakers in five or six, but it's a pretty solid matchup here. Like the Lakers, like oh, the yeah. Heat have a, a legitimate chance. Yeah. Like it's not like a you know definitely hundred percent Lakers. Like there's like this is what 15 percent uh, chance maybe you could put like the Heat yes. could win this series. Yes, yes. I think if you flip. Either one of Anthony Davis or LeBron onto the Heat. I think the Heat are definite winners of the series. Oh yeah, like it's really it's those two versus that team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, listen, yeah, playoff Rondo, Dwight's coming on defensively, but really it's those two versus that team. That's the main thing is the Lakers have undis- undoubtedly, undisputedly have the two best players in the series. Yes, the two, the difference between the two best players on the Lakers and the two best players on the Heat. While the Heat have two All-Stars and Jimmy Butler and Bam, the Lakers have two first-team All-NBA players. Right. Anthony Davis and LeBron. Yeah. And the greatest playoff uh, player of this generation. Just the greatest the greatest winner of this generation, LeBron James. And we have the greatest winner of the next generation, Tyler Hero, on the other side. That's a good point. Who's guarding him? That's a good point. Uh, I mean, honestly... Every series has had that guy where it has had the talk before the series with the Lakers was, well, you know, Avery Bradley's out, so who's going to guard so-and-so? <laughs> I've thought it before every series. I'm like, man, there's <laughs> a, a good point guard over there. This one, I So it was Dame, it was Harden, it was Murray. I mean, Murray went off and Jokic went off, uh, you know, but for the most part, they held him in, in check. The Lakers' strength is really their defense. Yeah. More than anything. Which is the opposite of all the teams they faced yeah. in their first uh, few series. I mean, those three teams, I think if, of all the Western Conference teams, if you had to pick, wh- which teams do you think don't play defense that you probably want to face and put some points up? It, it's probably those three teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Rockets sometimes, you know, but they're so undersized. Which, man, mm-hmm. that, that one game against the Lakers in the regular season, people were hanging on that so much. It was like, man, the Rockets... Trading Capella, they came out and beat the Lakers that one game months ago. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, look where it got you. So. I think the difference in this series for the Lakers is going to be the Heat legitimately have someone on their team that can guard Anthony Davis. Man, you see Bam taking the ball up the floor the other night? Yeah, scoring 30 in Daniel that game Tice, six. Daniel Tice, man, that, that poor guy, he just... He he's he like a, he's like a relic basically. He's like he what nothing. that that position used to be. And Bam said, "I'm the future," and just ended him. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, that team, I mean, they they got some years in them. The Heat. I mean, I guess it's early, but oh yeah, even if they don't, they've got some cap space in them also. Yes, this upcoming like part of it's going to be that Goran Dragic is a free agent, and Goran Dragic has been playing like you want to keep him. Yeah, he's been playing great in the playoffs. See, see, so many young cores that turn into these dynasties. They have that heartbreak series, the heartbreak game. I think this is probably that for the Heat, though not yeah. so much because people nobody expected the Heat to do it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like when uh, LeBron and the Heat came on the rise because I mean that was that was supposed to be every year just running through the playoffs. It didn't work out the first year, obviously. This Heat team, it's house money. I mean, you sh- you're in the finals. I mean, you could not win a game, and I think people would still say, "Hey, this Heat team 
they got a future. Yeah. Like the the heat this heat team is kind of like in that their that spot where it feels like they're one star one added star away yeah from really making making like obviously they've made noise getting to the finals but to really compete for you know being a title contender all the time uh i mean the talk of the bubble was that Giannis the favorites to land Giannis were Toronto and Miami. Mm-hmm. And I think you plug if you were to plug Giannis into that team, that's they're winning the finals. Yeah, without a doubt. Now I don't want, I don't know what Giannis's now, tendencies earlier, do to that team style of basketball. I don't know what that's going to look like. That might it might it might throw things off a little yes. bit. But Eric Spolster is a good enough coach to figure he it out. He is, and will he buy into the culture? Now, you don't know. You never know. Giannis got to buy into the heat. Giannis culture. might be soft, and we just don't know it yet. He might be. If listen, if you if you haven't played for the Heat, you're probably soft. It's true. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tyler Hero could be that star for them. He could he be that star. He could be, but he'll be you know at least a year, a year or two away from from being that star. Oh yeah, and we'll see what he. Listen, a lot of these guys. He could be did like a, another Devin Booker, the kind of kind of guy here in a, a couple years. I hate to be that guy, but we do have to see him at this development stage outside the bubble. Like, I need to see him because, yeah. you know, yeah. these guys, some players, they get in front of these away crowds. And obviously, we're not going to see that for a while, probably. But they get in front of these Possibly. away crowds, and they're not the same player. It's the, the real superstars are the ones that can go to any arena any night uh, and just, just get it done. I just wonder, is Tyler Hero going to become, as he reaches the, the, the height of his powers in a couple years, is he going to be the lovable white guy or the supervillain? Because I think if the Heat are good and right Tyler now he's Hero, the lovable white guy. He, right now he's lovable, and I know Steph Curry started as lovable, but when the Warriors started winning, everyone waited for Steph Curry to fail to clown him, and he, they still clown him today. Though I don't know if that'll change in the next couple years as they become a worse team. But I, I feel like Tyler Hero, I mean, he's he's born to play the supervillain. I feel like he just has that that swagger about him. Yeah, which is that was the fun part of those Miami teams is that they were openly embracing the villain role and the thing with the golden state teams other than draymond is that they wanted people to love them and that just no you can't win and want to be loved i feel like curry uh embraced it curry did a little bit but man kd KD brought it all down those first couple years like that people hated him see that they won the first year right and it was like this lovable new they were the new thing the three-point gods all right the next year, splash. Brothers. Next year, LeBron knocks him off. LeBron is his his reputation's all the way back. I mean, he went from villain to most loved player in the league at that point. Then it was like, let's laugh at the Warriors. Next year, KD comes. Then you're the villain. You're the villain 100. percent And KD hates being the villain. He hates being moderately disliked. I mean, he just he thinks too much. If I made that money and I was in that league, I'm throwing my phone in the garbage. I'm Absolutely. Going to, going to my vacation house. I'm just I'm chilling. I'm making money. People are booing me. I'm probably clapping, laughing. You just you gotta embrace it. So interested to see the heat develop into the uh, maybe the villains. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see. Miami's always got this like us. It's like the world versus Miami. You know, nobody likes Miami, but really like Miami. They, they, a lot of people like no one. Yes, it's like Heat fans on Twitter are like I I don't know. I don't want to compare them to Patriots fans, but they they give off the vibe sometimes where they're like everyone hates us and we're doing it. Where it's like people do hate the Patriots, but people don't Miami sports are People don't funny. really hate the Heat anymore. No, no, no. Like no. there were plenty of people hated the LeBron D-Wade Bosch Heat. I think as soon as LeBron left, that was like people were fine with the Heat. 
Yeah. It was, it was like a different team. So I don't get that, but I feel like there. I guess there's people that don't like Jimmy Butler. I feel like that. Uh, that's not that's really. Just, the, that's just fans of the teams that Jimmy Butler just destroyed. Yeah. I feel like J- Jimmy Butler's really gotten people on his side with this with this playoffs at least. Yeah, he's on the lovable team. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to be the lovable guy on the Sixers or the Timberwolves or even I mean even the Bulls to an extent. I mean the Bulls get some people on their side. You know they had some big matchups in the playoffs early. I guess last decade now. But um, he was never in a position to be the lovable veteran guy, and now he's he has that role. And, Jimmy um, Butler does have that thing where he's you know kind of almost overdoing it with talking about how hard he works. Yes, like I do posting posting my workouts at three a.m. in the gym. I got called. I got people. I got a noise complaint because I was working out too loud in the in the bubble. I was in the hotel, and, then, <laughs> and now it's diluted because everyone on the Heat and in the organization talks about how hard they work because that's kind of their thing. Yeah. So it, I think his that, whole thing before was like he was yelling at yelling at his teammates on the other on his other teams about you know they're not working hard enough. Yeah. Andrew or Andrew Wiggins or Carl Towns was was not working hard enough. Oh or, man, that guy. You know, Jesus. He's like, y'all got to work harder. I was thirtieth pick in the draft. I was homeless. I did, I was eating. I was eating butter off the ground. <laughs> eating butter off the ground. Jimmy Butler. I'm excited to see Jimmy Butler in the finals to see what he can do. Yeah, knowing he's got so many games left, how hard he's going to be on defense. That's going to be fun to watch. It was also fun to uh, recently. I think yesterday I saw this, but I think it was the second time I'd seen this. It was an older story that someone put, uh, talked to Andrew Wiggins about Jimmy Butler. And uh, Andrew Wiggins goes, uh, no, I never really had a problem with Jimmy Butler. I think that was other guys. <laughs> and I saw him. Uh, I wonder who. <laughs> and the the tweet I saw was a quote tweet of that and of just a picture of Carl Anthony Towns. And you see a hand sticking out from, side of the, from the other side yes. of the screen pointing right at him. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I think that's about wrap. That's about gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I think we covered everything really. Yeah, we pretty much Got did. Some WNBA in there, horses. Yeah, good show. Really was. We yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get, get we, this. We, we gotta fit horses into the show's title. I think whenever it's <laughs> uploaded, because obviously it's not gonna be uploaded tonight. Hossly disputed. Hossly disputed. Is the debate live on NPR after this? Are they covering that live on this station, or is that is it gonna be like the pre-recorded? That'd NPR? be fun. I think Fox. News might have the exclusive rights to the broadcast. I don't, I don't know. think so. No, not the presidential ones. Everyone has. Uh, okay. Yes, this is the big one where it's okay. like if you are a media entity, you can have okay. this. But I don't know if we get the live stuff, so I don't know. But I think it would just be yeah, really I funny. We'll if, I think it'd be really funny if we just went straight into like the presidential debate from this show. It's like a really funny. Yes, this is a uh, highly disputed featuring Donald Trump and Joe Biden. <laughs> 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 we'll put that into the podcast title, probably. Oh man, that'll be good. <laughs> All right, yeah, highly disputed. WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. My name is Dylan Bishop. Ryan Stickle, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, we'll get this podcast uploaded. Hopefully the internet in here is fixed by like tomorrow. I can come in and upload this yeah, from true, this computer true. or something. You the know? file will be saved. Nobody worry. Yeah, file saved. We'll get it out. We'll get it up eventually. Yeah. And for the two of you listening on the radio, thanks, man. If you're listening, if you're listening on the radio, please tweet at us at Disputed Highly. Are you in the car? Like, what, how are you listening to us? Who has a radio yes. these days? After you get done driving. After you, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't text and drive. We would never endorse that. Of course. <laughs> No, of course not. Oh, man. What a show. All right. See you guys next week. (laughs)